noise. Hello and welcome back to the Behind the Goal podcast. That might have been a bit loud, but we've got good news. I'm joined by Harry. Hello. And we might sound a bit different today, and that's because we're finally doing it in person. Finally. It's been a long wait. Yeah. We are in our university uh, student radio recording uh, building, and we are currently doing it from their studio too, so shout out LSR. If you don't know what they are already, uh, seem to be good little enterprise coming out of our university. But yeah, we weren't here last week because we were setting up the uh, memberships and figuring out what to do next with the podcasts. But hopefully we can be here on a weekly basis again now. But there's been a lot of football since we've last been here, hasn't there, Harry? There, there has, yeah. We, uh, we missed a whole weekend we did miss a whole weekend. Um, which was now now seems like quite a long time ago. It does, yeah, especially with the um, ever-ongoing pace of Premier League football and everything to do with it. And the massive drag that is the international break that feels like it distorts time. <laughs> so what has actually only been about 10 days feels like possibly a month. I've, I've been enjoying the in- international break. You really? Know, I've, yeah, I... I wasn't a big fan of football by the time it left our screens in a domestic. You did. You must have liked it though, the Scott McTominay. Well, injury time brace. Yeah, well, we can talk about that. So obviously, United uh, won two one at the death against Brentford. I wasn't there though. I've got a weird story of this. I found myself at a, a late notice wedding in the middle of Birmingham. Late notice. Yeah, it was. I found out about three days before that I was going to Birmingham, and by the time uh, I got there, it was probably about half two. So I got the game on, and then we were crap all game. And then the wedding was quite quick, so I was getting pictures taken of me and stuff. And all the pictures, I've got my phone out, you know, where you're sneaking out of your, of your jean pockets and and whatnot. And then uh, when McTominay scored, I proceeded to j- jump on the floor and onto my cousin. So that was that was fun, but it would have been better to be at Old was, Trafford. Was that the cousin who was getting married? It was not the cousin who was getting married. No, uh. it was my fifteen-year-old cousin. <laughs> so he's got he's got a while till his wedding yet. But you'd no, hope. <laughs> but it's it's papering over the cracks for United right now because even though we did win, we didn't play too well, and it was the same old story. You know, I think by the time we recorded this last podcast, I think we'd just been beat by Galatasaray, and I've. That was... I've left Old Trafford demotivated a few times, but that was a real low. I mean, the 5-0 to Liverpool a few seasons ago springs to mind how I felt coming out of the stadium just because of how shit and incompetent some of the players were. Really? Galatasaray made you feel comparable to that? It was very bad just because of the situation at the club right then. There's a lot going on outside the club, club, which I have to reiterate, that doesn't add to our cause and it's very easy to get demotivated by it to be honest but uh yeah i mean we won it's hard to be excited about the club right now when i've personally got so much going on with it and the club in itself is just back and forth between shit storms how how do you feel obviously this week 
possibly was it yesterday or the day before? I took um, the uh, Qatar bid pulled out for the ownership. Um, looking like Jim Ratcliffe. Yeah, he's he's local, but the more the Qatar bid went on, the less motivated it made me because you start to realise what they stand for, and you know. I've been very vocal about City's management and ownership over the past God knows how many years since I realised what was going on. And for a club like Man United, who are probably the biggest club in England, if not one of the biggest in the world, for sure, they um, it, it would have been a sore sight to see my club and that size of a club fall into such a picture for what we have of modern football nowadays you know you've got clubs like City now and I think we talked about this before like RB Leipzig and PSG just soulless club in my view and I wouldn't want my club to fall into that but whether Jim Ratcliffe can take us away from what the Glazers have done I mean the plan is that he invests more and more as the years go by I don't know there's a lot of tension between the fans right now there's a huge split between the fan base so yeah, it's for me personally, it's more about what goes on off the pitch right now. But obviously, on the pitch, we've been struggling as well. But hopefully, we can string together a few, some a few results now. Do you know what your next what your next game is? Is it uh, Sheffield United away? So you uh, can't really ask for anything easier than that, yeah, really, can you? You're really in the shitter if you don't win that. If we don't win that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Newcastle won, what, 8-0 there a few weeks yeah, ago? Uh, yeah, it's, um, it will be a sore sight. Good chance. Yeah. Get some points on the board. Yeah, it will be. I think we're 9th, 10th right now, so four wins, four losses, very inconsistent. Yeah. As, as I've said. But what other fixtures did we have that weekend that um, you... Everton, Bournemouth. Oh, yeah, Everton won 3-0. Three, 3-0, nil. Three nil. wow, clean sheet as well. Yeah. At Goodison? At Goodison. Wow, that's that, that, that's probably more goals than they saw combined for the last two seasons. No, genuinely, I, I'm not sure when the last time they scored that many goals at Goodison Park It is. must have been since Lukaku was there, probably. It feels that way. <laughs> it definitely feels that way. Yeah. It's, wow. But... Talk, we've talked a lot about Everton, but Bournemouth have been a bit up and down so far this season. I mean, Arsenal played them. I haven't. I don't think I've watched them that yet this season. What do you make of them? I I can see what they're trying to do. Um, you know, they've got a manager that that wants them to play kind of progressive attacking football mm. and have the ball. Um, you know, he's he's he wants them to play good football, but they're they're not very good at it. And I think. They're trying to be less... I mean, I think from the limited stuff I've seen from Bournemouth fans on social media, I think their fans say they're at least less boring than they were last season. Yeah. But I'm not convinced they're necessarily better yet. They, I mean, certainly they they didn't really compete when they played Arsenal. I mean, they actually the first 20 minutes they were all right. As soon as Arsenal went 1-0 up, it was uh, it was pretty easy. To be completely honest, they barely threatened Arsenal. Um, And Everton away, I mean, it is a difficult game, especially if you're competing against them, you know, down the bottom of the table. But it's, uh, yeah, to lose 3-0, it's pretty conclusive. I I, I didn't watch the game. Um, I have sort of briefly looked at the stats. Bournemouth had like 60% possession, but didn't create much by the looks of it. I remember before the season, you had... um 
Karl Anker, who's an athletic, uh, he works for The Athletic and he does this thing at the start of every season where you have to uh, predict something like outrageous. <laughs> and my prediction was that Bournemouth, <laughs> Bournemouth will be pushing for Europe <laughs> for most of the season and fall short. So yeah, I've, I've got that wrong. <laughs> that tells you about, about my football knowledge right now. But yeah, I... Um, so as Bournemouth struggle, Bournemouth struggle so far, and Everton seem to be getting some points on the board. Obviously, they beat Brentford a few weeks before as well. But near the top of the Premier League, we had um, an exciting Sunday, didn't we? Yeah, so we sort of the uh, the early games then. Uh, so yeah. Brighton, Liverpool, Brighton, Liverpool. Yeah, a two all. So we've been talk- we've been praising Liverpool, and it's hurt me. But it's progression on last season where they got beat twice there, isn't it? Definitely. I mean, Brighton away is nowadays one of the uh, hardest games in the in the league. Um, they're oh, yeah. good. At, I mean, they're good anywhere, but especially at the Amex, they're they're solid. No, um, it's somewhere I I don't want to go ever to watch a team play purely because of how far it is, and secondly because we always get beat at Brighton. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and and Old Trafford by Brighton. <laughs> but, <laughs> it doesn't matter where we play Brighton. <laughs> we'll they, they, they beat Man United everywhere. Yeah, that's but true. I've been to Brighton once oh. in uh, 2015 to watch uh, an FA Cup. I think it was fourth or fifth round tie, and Arsenal won three two. And Thomas Rosicky scored a Thomas volley of the outside of his foot. Thomas Rosicky, he, he was he was very underrated. I remember. Yeah, it was partly because he was always injured. Yeah, it happens when you only play like seven games a season. You have, tend to be um, underrated. Didn't he have a, a drug addiction or something? I, that's news to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Podcast has gone down a dark alleyway, yeah. <laughs> dark alleyway today. Oh, I was not aware of that. Uh, uh, have no. to ask Arsene Wenger or something. But yeah, no, no Brighton. Brighton's season's been weird for me. It's um, they play. Who did they play midweek? Was it Marseille? They play Marseille on a Thursday and then they play Liverpool at home on a Sunday. It's like, if you were probably to choose a team you want to support right now in the Premier League, if you go into a blank slate, it'd probably be a Brighton or something like that, wouldn't it? Depends. I mean, you're a glory hunter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but they, they, they just seem cool, don't they? Like they've got all these young, exciting players and everything. I think it's cool that they've managed to be so competitive oh, yeah. without spending shed loads of money they they somehow even when they seem to they're a club that seem to sell their best players every season and replace them with better ones who no one's heard of definitely or didn't even really consider yeah like um i think uh mo de has been quite good for them and he never really shone at uh brushy dortmund they've got uh that center back they had out on loan last season and that uh other one they got from fiorentina it's igor julio i think he was called the goalkeeper i think they've swapped back to Jason Steele who's like a unicorn I don't know where he came from he's like a myth in my eyes to be honest but uh, no they keep on getting results and I can't see why they won't do well in the league again I mean they've been struggling in the Europa League because European football is a complete different proposition you know what I mean but we'll have to see what happens with their season some of those players that played on, um, on Sunday I mean, like Simon Adingra and uh, yeah. Belaber in midfield. I, I hadn't really watched them properly before, and they they were really good. I and, I didn't watch the I didn't watch the game, but I've I've seen. I think I saw Adingra play at Old Trafford, and I mean it's not hard, but he rips apart 
Regulion or Regulon or whatever his name is this week. Regulion. I don't know where they find all these players. It's it's insane, really. I mean, when you when you think that football is supposed to be you know so global now, it's not like Arsene Wenger in the nineties where he could just sign the best players in France and no one in England had ever heard of them. It was. It's now like most people have heard of most good players and Brighton seem to constantly pick up these players mm. who most casual football fans like ourselves, I guess, have never really thought of. And all of a sudden they come to Brighton and set the world on fire. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's strange what's going on there, but it's not strange. No, it's they not must strange. be the best run club in the world. Yeah, definitely, because I was listening to a podcast this morning from the United-Brentford game and Brentford fan was talking, the people that have left the so-called Brentford bubble, you know, they've struggled once they've got out of it. And uh, I think Caicedo's not started well at life at Chelsea. We could probably think of a few other people who have left Brighton and not done well. I mean, none really spring to mind right now, but, you know, there's been a few that struggle once they get out of that environment. A few. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well... Basuma didn't last season, but he's come on leaps and bounds this season. I, I mean, the ones that do struggle more often than not tend to play for Chelsea. <laughs> well, it's just a Chelsea thing. I think it's a, a Chelsea thing. thing more than a Brighton thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. It doesn't matter where you sign from. If you sign for Chelsea, you're, it's just like a suicide. <laughs> it's career suicide, really. And um, we had the West Ham Newcastle as well at the same time, wasn't again, it? So West Ham have continued their uh, solid start to the season. Yeah, they've... Um, in other, again, it's another thing I'd, we never really expected, but they invested the money very well from the Declan Rice uh, money they made. Ward-Prowse has been a game-changer for them, I think. Yeah, He's, but he, he still can't get in the England squad because England have got an inept manager. Oh, well, that's a subject for a, another day. That, that podcast is just going to be me talking down this microphone for about... An hour about the hundred and one reasons why I think Gareth Southgate's an inept manager. But anyway, back onto the <laughs> back on back onto the game. Does not get sidetracked here. <laughs> England back. are playing today. But are they? Italy. So we're calling this on a Tuesday. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I won't watch it. But... <laughs> I would not be there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so this was another two all, I believe. Yep, two all. Two all. West Ham went one nil up. Yeah. And then an Isaac double within four minutes, I think. Two goals wow. in about four minutes, yeah. if that, maybe less. He's a, he's a very good player. I don't think we've ever like talked about him individually on this podcast, but I rate him very highly. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, I I did kind of want Arsenal to sign him in that uh, January. Uh, the the one, I'm not sure if you remember, but yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal fans spotted a uh, personalised number plate near the Emirates on deadline day that <laughs> spelt out... Isaac. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> and everyone got very excited oh, for I a bit. Re- I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. When it, was this, like 2022? Uh, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, turned out um, it wasn't Isaac. Oh. And and apparently he was on holiday in London at the time, so everyone thought, oh, no, oh my God, <laughs> Arsenal might sign him. Arsenal might r- trigger his release clause, I think it was about, what, like £80 million pounds or something. And we didn't do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's he's done well. I can't. I had a striker in mind who he reminds me of, but I seem to have forgotten it. I think it was. I can't remember who it was. If it comes back to me later, podcast. I've seen Thierry Henry comparisons. 
Um, I mean, I never. I wouldn't say in terms of quality, but there's certain stylistic, yeah, yeah, similarities. I think particularly some of the finishes, the way he finishes, and sometimes the way he runs. Sorry, Mm. it's just. I just remembered once when someone made an Anthony Alanga compilation on uh, Twitter and it was like, uh, you'll never believe who comes up at uh, like 44 seconds and it was comparing him to Thierry. <laughs> it's, just co- it's just come to mind now. Talk about a false equivalence. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, Isaac's a good striker. Um, who plays striker for West Ham nowadays other than Antonio? Skamaka? No, he's, he's, still he's, got, he's left. Where's he gone? Um, oh, let, let me look. Let me have a quick look. They signed a new guy. I can't remember who it was. Jared Bowen's done well as well. He's another one in the England... Well, he is in the England squad, unlike his counterpart. Jared Bowen has been good this season. Uh, oh, Kudus scored. Yeah, Kudus. He's, uh, he's a good signing. Antonio was playing up front. Right. Yeah, they don't seem to have any strikers other than Antonio and Ings. Y- yeah. But it's a strange one, isn't it? Do you know the the egg, uh, the what's it called Aguard or something like that, the defender? He seems yeah. to be doing well. I've I'd never really noticed him apart from just always scoring an own goal against United. But fair play to him. Yeah, oh, I'm happy for him. I was just it was weird. I was just looking at the lineup. I completely forgot that Newcastle had signed Lewis Hull from Chelsea. Oh yeah, yeah. I've not watched much of him, but when I have, he's been all right he was one of Chelsea's better players when he played last season yeah yeah because who came in was it was it yeah I can't remember Potter I think just started playing all the fucking youngsters in the world didn't he at one point yeah well I mean they do have quite a good academy as it turns out um well, surprise, surprise. Should probably start playing more of they them should, to be yeah rather than blowing hundreds of millions of pounds on other young players yep <clears throat> well anyway Anyway, who cares? You can get us on to the the main fixture of that Sunday. Uh, An early six-pointer at the top of the Premier League, Arsenal versus Man City. Yeah, one of the uh, strangest games I think I've seen in in terms of... It was a bit anticlimactic if you were neutral, I think. Yeah, it was... I mean, it's one of the rare occasions I got to sit down and watch a football game nowadays. But it, it was... It was um, a game of modern football where tactics are above tactics and more tactics. It's more like a poker game. It, it was. It was. It felt like watching a very sort of intimate game of physical chess. The whole game was played in midfield. I mean, Man City had those two chances right near the beginning, mm. where it was cleared off the line by Declan Rice. Yeah. And um, then Ake missed uh, one-on-one like immediately afterwards. And Raya was very nervous in the first half. Yeah, but I noticed that. Those two shots Man City had were... Um, they that Actually, the, the, the Guardiola chance where it was cleared off the line was the only shot on target Man City had in the whole game. Hmm. And that was in the fourth minute. Yeah, well, Haaland got a zero XG, didn't he? He that did whole game. fuck all. He he barely. Wow. He, he he barely touched the ball. I mean, and when he there were, I mean, there was one point in the first half where 
there was kind of a loose ball and it was him and Saliba chasing it. Mm. And they went shoulder to shoulder and Haaland ended up on the floor and the whole stadium cheered. <laughs> <laughs> it was me and my dad were just laughing. But he's, he's, was... been, he's been made out to be this kind of monster. Like the Premier League, you can't stop him no matter what. But I do think he has his disadvantages. I mean, the bad news is he's only about, what, 23, 24, something stupid like that. He's younger. Is he younger than he's that? He's like, yeah, 22 or something. Yeah, so, wow. So he's, he's that age and he can, he's going to develop, obviously, into a better player. But the, th- the thing is, he without Rodri, City struggle a lot. And I think I said this at the end of the last podcast. I think Rodri's probably the best, like, positional player in the world, if you get what I mean. Like, yeah. there's no... There's no player that's more important to a system than Rodri is to City in the world and there's no player that does it better than Rodri in the world. Oh yeah, well I agree. I mean, but you can see how important he is to them because he was suspended for three games and they lost all three. Yeah, he's 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 quintessential to that City team. I mean, as a United fan watching him, he annoys me, but he's one of those players that annoys me and I'll admit this, he annoys me because he's that good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, any team with Rodri in it playing the role that he does for City would automatically win probably five or six more games a season, I reckon. He's he's that good. Yeah, but it's, all, it's also that he's, he's barely ever injured. You know, he's, yeah. like last season he was fit the whole season. So, I mean, the fact he's been suspended for three games and Man City have lost all three, which is a team that prior to that hadn't lost a single game hmm. and you know, have this sort of aura of inv- invincibility, even though they haven't gone a season unbeaten. They, it's it's like they feel like a team that are almost impossible to beat most oh, of the yeah, time. Oh yeah, definitely. And the fact they've lost now, they lost the last three games without Rodri. So Newcastle in the League Cup, and then Wolves, and then Arsenal, all of them away without Rodri. I think, and also they didn't play well. I mean, like against. I mean, I know most of the game was in midfield, and there was only like, I mean, in the whole game there were three shots on target. Yeah. Two two Arsenal, one City, um, but. They really didn't create anything. I think one of the things it definitely felt like watching it was that it felt like watching the two best defences in the league playing against each other. Yeah, definitely. It was a game that either team would rather have not lost than won. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I think Arteta's probably learnt from last season. Yeah, well, I think... I think Arsenal... I think City were there for the taking. It felt like that, at Mm. least, that they were... There was a there was a vulnerability to them I haven't necessarily felt like they had in previous seasons, particularly last season. I think because um, we you know we were playing without our best player as well, Bukayo yeah. Saka, and you know for the first time in eighty seven games he'd played eighty seven consecutive league games. That's crazy. You know, so I th- I think you know the last time he didn't feature in an Arsenal league game it was still in an empty stadiums. Wow. It was over two years ago. That so feels like a long time ago. He was 19. He hadn't missed that penalty yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Really? Yeah. Wow, so it was before. Three Euros, that yeah. That that season of football off topic just feels like one massive blur to me. The only thing I remember about that season of football is Cavani would always score and when we lost to Villarreal. Apart from that, I remember nothing. Cavani playing for Man United is something that is just crazy to me to even remember. I could. That's another podcast I could do where I talk on the mic for about an hour about how much I loved that man whilst he was at United. Seriously. 
Yeah, well... When, whenever I score next in five-a-side, I'm going to do the bow and arrow. <laughs> until I get un- and then I get snapped by the other team. The other team. <laughs> <laughs> should have done it on Sunday. Yeah, we should have. You scored. I got the assist, I think. Did you? I think so. I can't remember what happened. All I remember is going into about three duels and then yeah. the ball bouncing. And I just it, it was a very scruffy goal. Eddie Nketiah versus Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get on to our five-a-side ventures later. Yeah. But um, looking at the next, uh, next week in the Premier League, what games do you have lined up for us, Harry, that you think are good? Well, I've got well. The first one's obviously uh, the Merseyside derby, Liverpool versus Everton. Oh yeah, it's twelve thirty on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. wow. Uh, at Anfield. At Anfield, yeah. Oh dear. Um, yeah, that will probably be a comfortable Liverpool win. You'd have thought so, like yeah. a, like a three nil. Yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah. Everton will put up a fight, but when the first goal goes in, the floodgates will open. Yeah. It's strange to me to think that it was, um, it was just because I was thinking about that lockdown season and there was a point in the season where Everton were top of the league and, and <laughs> <laughs> they won at Anfield that season. Oh, when Ancelotti. It was, when it was Everton and Aston Villa at the top of the league. And Southampton at one point. I think there was like the most different teams at the top of the league um, in any season. It was weird. I remember Tottenham being top of the league we at one point. We were on top of the league for about three weeks at one point. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. And then Man City went about six months without losing a game or something. Yeah, it all went... This is another game I could do a podcast on when we lost 2-1 at home to uh, Sheffield United where we conceded two (laughs) of the worst goals I've ever seen a team concede. Sheffield United that got relegated 20th place, by the way. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, and um, yeah, I I wasn't a happy boy after we lost that. I, I refuse to believe that lockdown football is actually real. It's just, it was all ridiculous. There's no evidence of it being real. No, no one was there. Yeah, exactly. I, so. I don't consider it real. Um, uh, what, uh, what else do we have uh, that weekend? Man City Brighton at the Etihad. Ooh. Rodri's back from suspension. Ooh. This is tough. Sorry, I keep on blowing down the mic. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 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 a strong uh, gust of wind blowing through the studio. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh god, I'm gonna go a draw because international break and international break usually means funny football games. That would be nice. I'd, I wouldn't mind a draw in that game. I I, I can see Man City edging it with uh, Rodri back, but uh, <laughs> edging. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I could maybe 2-1 or something but you know yeah. Brighton's a tough game um, and De Zerbi is tactically one of the best managers in the in- league I think intimate so. physical game of chess isn't it yeah physical chess yeah intimate yeah. physical chess game hopefully a bit more exciting than the uh, Arsenal City one because yeah. the Arsenal City one was like it was I was invested, so it was just very tense. But <laughs> if you were not invested, I was not invested. Yeah, that invested that I think would have been a bit of a, a slog to get through. Yeah, it was. Think it was a tough game. To be honest, we missed this. Can quickly gloss over it now. That Man City Arsenal game. I do not know how Kovacic stayed on the pitch. I was going to mention I was, that. Yeah. I was flabbergasted. It, uh, that second. That second one. I think. No, the first one should have been a red. First one should have been. 
Second one was almost the same. We saw, who was it the week before? Um, Curtis Jones got sent off for the exact same the week before. Yeah. And then that happens. And then they talk about consistency the week the, after. The hilarious thing is Mike Oliver's the same referee who sent off Martinelli two seasons ago at Wolves for two yellow cards in the same passage of play. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning they got the second yellow before he knew he had the first yellow. <laughs> And, and that, <laughs> this, time, this time he wanted to, you know, let the game flow. It's, and... it's a double whammy. And Michael Oliver is one of the most incompetent referees ever. I feel I like reckon. you could say that about any Premier League referee and have a good reason to back it up. Uh, yeah, but Michael Oliver is objectively the worst out of them all, I reckon. I don't. I, I, the ironic thing is he's actually meant to be one of the best. He's fucking shit. That's why he was given Arsenal Man City. Oh, I think because there are some seriously terrible ones. I don't, always, want, I don't want to slag them all off by name, but there are some bad ones. They, all, they always give Michael Oliver United versus City. And I swear to God, I hate no man more on this earth than Michael Oliver. He's an absolute... Yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> just, we can guess what you were thinking. Yeah, he's yeah. a, he's a, I, I don't like him. Ever since that United Arsenal game in the FA Cup, where he, re- <laughs> he reduced a ten-year-old, eleven-year-old me to tears, my, I've had no respect for the man whatsoever. Well, it's uh, for a change for a Man United fan at Old Trafford against Arsenal. Oh. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I, I, could, I could I could go on for a while about referees at Old Trafford, but anyway, we'll get into that <laughs> maybe in May. When, when when that, do we play you at? Oh, it's your it's, birthday weekend, isn't it? It's the, your it's the last Man United home game of the season. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it probably means something for you. It won't mean fuck all for us at the, the way. It's I going. hope it means something for us. Yeah, like like a guard of honor, maybe. Oh <laughs> no, I can't see that happening. And. and yeah, I, I'm happy that when we had to give one to you at the Emirates, Van Persie's first return, oh, yeah. I was late to that game. It also <laughs> meant also meant Arsenal scored in the second minute and I missed the goal. But oh, Was it on purpose? No. <laughs> <laughs> just bad traffic on that day. But yeah. Um, anyway, that was 10 years ago, so that's a big sidetrack. Chelsea-Arsenal. Oh, carry on the Arsenal theme. Is that... Yeah. Oh, I thought that was next weekend for some reason. No, it's, it's this week at 5.30 on Saturday. Ooh. Um, I think that's an old bar trip. It could be, yeah. Yeah. It could be. Definitely a pub-watching game. Because I cannot go. But I am excited. Um, Chelsea, obviously, off the back of two wins for the first time in years, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they won... They won an away game by more than uh, actually no they won a game by more than two goals for the first time since 2022 April 2022 I believe fucking hell um, something like that uh, when they beat Burnley 4-1 yeah. the weekend last weekend um, so they're coming into it with a rare bit of momentum but Arsenal coming into it off the back of Man City away obviously uh, Man City at home just beaten Man City for the first time in the league in eight years um, wow. which is crazy yeah it's yeah um, great Theo Walcott scored in that game and he was a pundit on Sunday <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah uh, so both, both sides have momentum I guess going into it um, Arsenal better than Chelsea We've won at Chelsea three seasons yeah. in a row. I think Arsenal will win this purely because Chelsea do not seem to win against any other club that are either newly promoted or struggling. Yeah. So I can see Arsenal winning this. Not convincingly, 
I think you'll do your one nil to the Arsenal thing take that. away from home, maybe. But yeah, I can I can see you winning it, maybe one nil to one. But you don't seem to concede away from home, do you? So yeah, and it's it was nice last last time out we uh, com- we converted that defence to the the Emirates. Yeah. Oh yeah, against City. Yeah. First home clean sheet in the league this season. Uh, <laughs> and we we were genuinely very good defensively, uh, apart from a few scares in the first five minutes. So, um, when we seemed a bit nervous, but hmm. yeah, um, hopefully we'll continue our. We still haven't conceded a goal away from home in the Premier League. Wow! So ho- the opposite of United. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully we'll continue that and uh, and score at least once. Hopefully, hopefully a Kai Havertz. Sucker punch or something, and and when when one nil, I'd take that. We that's what we last season we won one nil, but it could easily have been mm. more. It was one of the most comfortable one nil wins I've yeah. ever seen. I remember when you won four two there the season before. Was a that was fun. Yeah, that was a strange game. That to was watch. very strange. We, but that was like the opposite where we'd come into it off the back of three consecutive defeats. Right, okay. Crystal Palace, Brighton, and Southampton. We, oh yeah, when you crumbled towards we, we had season. to win. So uh, we then had Chelsea and Man United in our next two games, yeah. and the top four looked to be slipping away from us, and then we won both. And their top four did slip. It did, but <laughs> not until a bit later. Yeah, we 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 got we got into a position where we were on the verge of securing it, and then then injuries and some shit. other stuff. Yeah, we've all been there before. If United ever, I think we bottled top four one season, but that was just because of. Like we were playing like fucking like our fifth right back just because Louis Van Hal thought he was cool. Was that um fifteen sixteen? Yeah, it was fifteen. When 16, you lost the yeah. uh, last game at Upton Park. Yeah, the penultimate game. Yeah. For our, our season, but the last game at Upton Park. Yeah, when New not Newcastle, fucking hell. West Ham scored late, and we uh yeah we ended up losing that game. Winston Reid. Yeah. Yeah. But we won the Europa, we won the Europa League the season after, and winning the Europa League is a great experience. I mean, oh fuck, I mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not meant to <laughs> say it. It's seven years back. Seven years bad luck now. Well, two this is two episodes in a row now. We've but we've now both done it. If we mention it next week, then there will be a fourth in place for whoever does it. We'll <laughs> yeah, make, we'll make that agreement right now. Yeah, there will be. That has to. We'll work out what it is when it happens. If it happens, fingers crossed it doesn't. Uh, but um, yeah, so Chelsea Arsenal, I'm I'm excited. I I think if we can win, Saka should be back hopefully. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling confident. We've got a good record at Stamford Bridge lately. So what's your uh, predictions? I'd, I'd, I'd go one nil Arsenal. One nil. Okay, great. Yeah, and then we have. Is Aston it? Villa, West Ham was Aston the other Villa, one. Aston Villa, West Ham, the, the, Clarent, the Clarent and Blue were derby of the Premier League. Uh, well, aside from Burnley. Forget Burnley, they're, yeah. going, they're going straight back now. <laughs> <laughs> they're going straight back now. Um, ooh, it's another one. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. We're, just, we're just enjoying our mic privileges, don't worry. I'm doing Gary Neville noises. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, ooh. <laughs> Two clubs that have done well-ish at the start of the season. I think Aston Villa have been a bit inconsistent. They're in the Conference League as well, so they'll both have a fixture the midweek after. I'm going with... It's at Aston Villa. I'm going with a 
draw. Draw. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe a one all. Yeah, or two one Aston Villa. I could see. Yeah, it's just yeah. They're good. They've got a good record at Villa Park since Emery's been there. You can't. Yeah, they do, but you can't really say what to expect when you watch Aston Villa now. Like, are they going to lose five nil or are they going to win five one against Brighton? You know what I mean? But yeah. it is at it is at Villa Park, and Villa Park's another one of those like Premier League heritage grounds. Oh God. Premier League heritage grounds where you don't really want to go to, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's a tough place to go, but it will be an interesting game, that's for sure. Oh, I hope so. Um, <laughs> Is it Super Sunday? That uh, one. Well, uh, it, it it's. I think there's one game on Sunday. They've scheduled the games weirdly. Again. Yeah, yeah. One game on Sunday and then a game on Monday. Spurs versus Fulham hmm. on Monday. Did you see that thing about? Sorry, I'll let you predict Aston Villa or West Ham first. I think I, I think two one Villa. Two one. You see that thing about they're gonna make a new slot for Premier League football, six p.m. on a Sunday. Oh yeah, that's what everyone wants. Uh, yeah. As as two as two um, match going fans, I can probably speak for Harry, where we can say there's nothing less we want than a six p.m. Sunday football game. It, that's such a stupid. I mean, four thirty is bad enough because yeah. there's, there's basically if if you're playing anywhere that's like a bit far away from where you live, there's no trains back. Yes, yeah, it's, it's over. So six p.m. There's no hope of getting back <laughs> on public transport. So no, that's it's like last year when um, it was a bank holiday, but for some reason they put United versus West Ham in at the London Stadium on a what was it a seven p.m. kickoff on yeah. a Sunday, something like that. So dumb. I mean. Even stuff like putting Arsenal versus Newcastle on a Monday night at 8pm. So you've got Newcastle fans li- literally travelling the entire length of England. There's there's no consideration for fans in this country, really, is there? No. I, I wish it could be a bit like Germany, where like you know they've had Monday night games called off and rescheduled because of the fans just saying, no, fuck off, we're not coming at this time. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, to be fair, some fans have tried doing that, but they don't really listen because people watch on TV anyway. And yeah, that's just the state of our country, which yeah. is another podcast me and Harry <laughs> do sometimes. <Yeah. laughs> when we go into politics. We should set up a Patreon where we do uh, a podcast on just, like, random shit that comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's gonna I don't know who's gonna pay for it exactly, but <laughs> we should do something like that. Yeah. We should we we could. Yeah. We just could. to listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> M- more of us. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moment of the week. Moment of the week. Moment of the week. I enjoyed playing football on Sunday. Yeah. I, I liked my Last man slide tackle. Oh, that was. I, I mean, I was taking a quick breather, but I saw that and I nearly started applauding. I got a graze on my left knee, but because it was on AstroTurf. To describe to describe to the listeners what's going on right now with our five side football. We have a five side uh, football team with our with our friends called Pathetic Bilbao, <laughs> and uh, we have we've played twice. Um, our goal difference is not particularly pretty. It's, but um, what is it? It's, it? it's, I guess, minus 17. Yeah, minus 17. After two games. Um, to be fair, we didn't do that bad this weekend. I mean, at the start, we got absolutely rampant. We, we lost it in the first five minutes. Yeah, we started doing 
silly and goofy shit and then it went away from us. Yeah. But then we grew into the game and yeah. we competed. It's just that it was kind of a bit too late by that point. But yeah. Scored some good goals. We did. Scored some good goals. Me and, me and uh, my moment of the week was Sam, who's new to our university, and he's my friend from back home. We linked up for a lovely bit of... Uh, with a lovely bit of football, and he scored the fourth goal as we lost 12 <laughs> <laughs> That was my highlight of the week because it was great. Yeah, that was a good moment. Yeah, I got, I got a, I got two assists. I think I got one for you and one for Sam. Harry Odegaard. Yeah, that's what Harry Ozil. <laughs> Harry Ozil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably fits better. But no, it's good playing football. I think. Oh, well, me and Sam definitely used to. I, I don't know about you, Harry, but we used to play football together every weekend and. We used to play football, you know, like four times a week when we were like 14, 15. So it's good to play football again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just I, in general. Yeah. I haven't I haven't played like... I played football at school, obviously. Yeah I, yeah. I I used to play like when I was sort of primary school age, I played for a, a local team near me hmm. called Hampstead Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a battle cry? No, we should have though in, in hindsight. But that that was fun. I miss, I miss those days, so yeah. I'm 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 happy that you know pl- to be playing football regularly again. No, it's it made me realise how unfit I am, and I, oh. I need to work on that. Oh yeah, definitely. It's um it's fucking blowing after five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard to fig- uh, it's hard to remember, you know, when you're watching these big games like your Arsenal versus Cities or your Liverpool versus Everton's or fucking God knows what, but you know the root of all of our like football love comes from playing you know on these muddy english pitches where you just fucking boot it up or these astro pitches training under the lights or playing with your mates in the park or playing on a bit of fucking what's it called concrete concrete yeah and grazing your knees and fucking cut elbows and whatnot that's where all this comes from you know and it's good. It's good to play with your friends again. I mean, that was the first time me and you played together. It's the first time I played with our other friends as well. Yeah. And it was it was a good experience. And I look forward to finally winning a game this week. This weekend we do have a crunch game. I don't know if you know, but this weekend it's the two people who haven't won yet. Oh no! So we can't be on the receiving end again this week. Yeah. Hopefully Martin will be back. <laughs> yeah, Martin. The, BF, the BFG. Yeah, the BFG is currently... Um, big fucking ginger. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, who's a regular name on this podcast, missed uh, missed this past week with um, an, an injury, an unknown injury. We'll, yeah. we'll keep it that way, an unknown injury. We're dealing with it internally. We're, de- we're dealing with it internally. He's been fined by the board and he's made a public apology. Well, it's but, not. It's not public yet. <laughs> it's being verified by PR. <laughs> <laughs> but we do look forward to him returning soon. Do you have any other moments of the week? Other moments. Other wow. moments of the week. I'm trying to think. A bit of time. What, what, what moments? I, I want to talk about my sleep this morning, right? Yes, go on. Because I was that. supposed to wake up at half eight, and I, these are the sort of sleeps I hate. Because I woke up at seven fifty-seven. And one of my housemates was in the shower, so I had to commute to the other toilet, which is literally down the stairs. And then I went back to bed, and I couldn't get to sleep, so I thought, oh, I have a nice early start to the day. You know, I got up at the time I intended to. And I fell asleep, and I woke up at quarter past eight, and an alarm woke me up, which is weird, 
Because I don't remember setting an alarm for quarter past a quarter to nine. And then I woke up again, and then I was I was on my phone. The next thing you know, I wake up again, and it's nine forty, and I'm thinking, "Fuck, I've ruined my plans of going to the gym. I'm gonna have to catch up on work. One of my fucking lectures keeps on getting cancelled, so I have to keep on catching up with that. And I got a lab on Thursday, but it's one of those sleeps where you sleep for a long time, but you feel shit afterwards. Yeah. And I think we need to get rid of them in this country, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, something something needs to be done about these sort of sleeps. Why am I sleeping for about just, 10 hours and I still feel crap after it? Write, write a letter to the local MP. I will, yeah. Uh, yeah. Get, why, why are my sleeps so bad? <laughs> I go to sleep, I sleep for a long time and I feel worse. It's. I think there's water pollution in this city. Really? Yeah, because the water here, it always makes me ill when I come back. You're blaming the water. I'm blaming the water. I'm, I've become a full-on conspiracy theorist. Who? What, what do you think pollutes it? <sighs> There's a lot of things in this city that could pollute that, <laughs> that, could pollute that water. It's the Leeds United fans are um, doing it to you personally. The drainage from Prism. Yeah, I've been in there once and it is, <laughs> I can confirm, a shithole. So. <laughs> um, the wastage from Fruity Fridays. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fruity wastage. Yeah, fruity yeah. wastage. That could mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, what's your advice for this week, Harry? Hmm. What is my advice for this week? Well, um, I was thinking about this earlier, actually. Um. Uh. Well. Hmm. Advice. <laughs> advice. Um. It's a. Uh, a good way of stretching whilst incorporating it into everyday tasks is to try and open doors with your feet. <laughs> what, for other people or just for yourself? Just for yourself or just for other people. Okay. It's just it's a stretch. You know, I'm looking at that door handle right there. <laughs> I was I'm about think, to say that. Thinking, that. That is a good way of stretching your hamstrings. And you, is this yeah. part of your um, point to try and get fitter? Yes. <laughs> I feel like I don't like going to the gym, so I've got to try and find ways to incorporate exercises into my daily routines. You're going to become the next Philip Blum, doing yoga everywhere. Yeah, except I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be opening doors with my feet. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm, going to be fucking, I'm going to be going around the union now. I'm going to see Harry crawling around the floor like a fucking dog. I'll be like forearms <laughs> from Ben 10. <laughs> <laughs> just doing his fucking daily exercise if you ever see a man with glasses doing some strange movements near you it's, pro- it's probably Harry yeah curly hair and glasses yeah <laughs> not just any man with glasses <laughs> a, t- a, t- a t-shirt referencing reference to a film or to football or my favourite one to Peppa Pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you see that, then it's probably it's probably Harry doing that. That, so. that t-shirt brought good luck. We won the we old Bob Pub quiz when I wore the, that. We yeah. did win the quiz legitimately and fairly that that, that week. Yeah. <laughs> we should, we are. I think we're right now. We're like two floors above where we won the quiz. Yeah. We? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much directly ab- yeah. above it. Yeah. It's been nice doing this in the heart of our of our university as we outlook onto the students walking to their lectures. There's also a, a board man who's just walked past the window holding a, what I believe to be a coffee, and um, he may or may not be a student, but I'd <laughs> like to wish him a, a, a wonderful day. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say. Anything other than you, Harry? 
Uh, no, I think I think that's I think we've we've said more than we planned. Yeah, we have. But I've thoroughly enjoyed recording it in person. This is I don't know how the outro works now because we're still in the same place. Normally the Zoom call just ends. But thank you, <laughs> thanks, thanks for all, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Fingers crossed, unless any unforeseeable, unpreventable, uh, unpreventable <laughs> things happen, such as me falling under a ton of blueberries. Yeah, but in a way that is particularly unpreventable. Particularly unpreventable, which is my favorite, our new favorite word. I guess it, it, a lack of free will potentially is <laughs> the explanation. But anyway, thanks for listening to the Behind the Goal podcast again. You can find us on Twitter at the BTG Pod and maybe Instagram, depending on when this is released. We'll have more details on that. If not yet, very soon. Yeah, yeah. very soon. But thank you tuning in and we'll see you next week thank you goodbye bye